Welcome to the Maker Vision Podcast, a podcast where we help you take your ideas from a dream to reality. Each episode will cover topics to help you overcome frustrations we all encounter in our maker community. I'm Trevor Wanamaker, a part-time maker running MakerExperiment.com, and my co-host Stephen Ellis is a part-time woodworker running Old South Woodcraft, and Martina Miller, who's a full-time maker running Naughty by Nature Designs. We've all encountered bumps and pitfalls along the road we call making, and we are using this podcast to help you avoid the same pitfalls. Welcome to the Maker Vision Podcast for episode 44, where we're going to talk about shop safety. And back with us is Martina and Steven. What's going on, guys? I'm finally back. Did you miss us? Mm. Did it feel not, did you feel incomplete last week without us? I felt less hatred. You felt less (laughs) hatred. (laughs) Hey, you know what? There was still, apparently people were still salty. Did you hate us less or did you feel like people hated you less? No, I feel like I didn't get ragged on as much, and I couldn't rag on you guys as much. There wasn't the, like, you know, talking shit about each other. <laughs> you felt appreciated? Well, yeah. Y'all nerded out. That's what it was. Y'all nerded out about robots. It's because you are, like, anti-robot, so. I am anti-robot. They are taking over our lives. Well, sometimes robots are good. Sometimes. Sometimes they are. Roomba. Roomba, not good. Why isn't a Roomba good? What? I don't... Never mind. This goddamn old man. He is, he is truly, like, anti-machine. Just sweep your floors. Just sweep your floors, people. Come on now. Dude, we're lazy. I Clearly. <laughs> Let's be honest. Clearly. I don't have one because I'm afraid my dogs will eat it. <laughs> but other than that, I would totally have one. Yeah. Agreed. But I don't want to make that investment and then come inside and find little Roomba parts everywhere. The thing is, honestly, I'm pretty sure Shop Doggo would just spend most of her time just giving it the evil eye. Like, I don't I don't know what's wrong with you. So, yeah, she doesn't mind the vacuum at all. Do what? So, <laughs> talking about talking about robots. Um, she cut out again. My brother-in-law bought one, so he doesn't have to sweep anymore. And then, as punishment, they told my niece that she had to sweep the house. And she said, but daddy's not here to turn on the machine. She didn't. She didn't know how to regular sweep. She only knew how to sweep with the Roomba. <laughs> ah, she knew how to sweep. Does one it's even like, sweep uh, with the Roomba? You just pretty much just push it in a direction and it does its thing. I have no idea, but I'm just, this is the next generation, man. Like they're used to pushing a button and making things happen. I watched a kid try to zoom in on a paper book the other day. That was pretty cool. They were reading, <laughs> they were reading a children's book and tried to zoom in on a picture by taking their two fingers, you know, and kind of like spreading it out like you would like an iPad or a phone or something. Uh, she couldn't get the picture closer. <laughs> Weird. So her mother just pushed the book towards Weird. her face. That's funny. That was pretty good. I'm like, mm, are we getting dumber? Maybe. Sometimes technology makes us complacent. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Which is perfect for this week's episode. Because complacency has a lot to do with it. Ah. Uh, Got it. Okay, now I see where you're going with your 
argument off of. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, look, oh, look at that. Yeah. I, I don't agree with all of it, but whatever. This is probably the fastest we rolled into the topic. Yeah, nobody cares what we're watching this week, so we're good. <laughs> no, do you no. think anyone really cares what we're watching? Yeah. <laughs> we'll have... Send us some feedback. Do you give a shit? Like, do oops, do you care? It's unfiltered this week, so... It's unfiltered. Just, we're, you know. It's gonna be salty and unfiltered and just bad. I'm telling you, we should just rename the episode Dumpster Fire, because I think it's appropriate. I've never heard that terminology used for like. You've never heard, dude. I'm not from the, the freaking south, man. Like, it's 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 no, all it's over the country. Maybe fifty plus. <laughs> maybe that generation, that group. Okay, you know what? I guarantee, I guarantee, Oakland knows what a dumpster fire is because anytime that team wins or loses, dumpster fire in Vegas now, all over so. that town. Well, you know what? Vegas dumpster fires no longer Oakland dumpster fires. Well, beyond Stevens, you know, saltiness. What is your problem with salt stop? Is that how we're going to start this? Yeah, I want to know. Yes. Because that's what, that's what you started with off the recording, so we might as well go straight to it. Good Lord. All right, my issue with salt stop is it, 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 I think it increases a level of complacency. And complacency... I think that depends on the owner. It does. It does. The thing is, when you have complacency in the workplace, accidents happen. It's like, oh... You know, I put my I put my vehicle on cruise control, or if you know someone has a Tesla, I put it on autopilot and I can just do whatever. And then someone passes out, or someone isn't paying attention, and the Tesla isn't doing what it's supposed to do and causes a wreck. Or the saw stop is supposed to not cut your finger off, and there's a brake issue. Ooh, or or you forgot, or you're too cheap. And didn't buy the dado stack break. And guess what? You haven't just lost like a piece of your finger. You took off like a bunch of fingers because that dado stack's moving and it's a meat grinder. That's why I don't like saw stop. Okay. Well, that's not a saw stop issue. That's a person issue. That's You don't like the user of the saw stop, not the saw stop machine. Yeah. Yes, but the thing is, the thing is, the saw stop isn't. The saw stop advertises itself as being a safer machine, and it's like, here, watch this. We'll, we're going to put out this advertisement a thousand times. If used properly, and you're not being cheap, and you're buying the brakes you're supposed to break or get, and you're doing the setup the way it's supposed to be set up, it is supposed to be, and has proven to be, often, a safer machine. Yes, yeah, so your uh, your issue isn't with saw stop. Your issue is with the user that bought the saw stop. No, my issue is also saw stop and how they round and round on it. this one, guaranteed. Round and round. No, that's. I think it's genius that saw stop has found a way to prevent injury. But don't be mm-hmm. since this is unfiltered. Don't be a dumbass and get careless with it because those brakes aren't cheap to keep replacing either. No, they're like, and so, you have to replace the blade. It's like, not just the break. I don't blame SawStop. Me neither. I blame the user. Agreed. They, like, I'm glad that SawStop has made that technology. I wish it was more available for other machines as well. I mean, eventually the patent will wear out and it'll be on right. probably a lot of them. Because it's been out how long now? Five plus years? I don't know. No, it's been out I for remember well seeing it like on a... Well, patent lasts can... for like 25. Patent lasts for 25, but you can keep buying the patent. You can keep well, you can you can redo parts of the patent. I mean, but eventually it'll become, you know, free reign and 
everybody will be able to access the technology. Remember the nerd we're talking to. Well, it also depends on like if they kept certain things trade secret and didn't patent it at all. Mm. Nerd. Patents are always kind of a weird, fun thing. My industrial maker, he should probably, you know, be able to talk about patents a little bit. I think he might know a thing or thing or two. I'm sure he sits and listens to our podcast every week. (laughs) Or a million. Or a bajillion things. Like I know enough about patents to understand like the intricacies. But I I wouldn't know enough to like be the lawyer behind one. No, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to be a lawyer behind a pat. There's too much like underwriting and crap associated with it in the claims. Yeah. But anyway, I'm unimpressed with your frustration, Stephen. Unimpressed with what? I thought it was going to be more juicy than that. No, no. Well, especially since I own one. <laughs> right, and he did. All right, I've used your saw stop. It's it's okay, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't pay as much money as as SawStop has for for that just because I think it's going to be a safe quote unquote safer technology. It's just it's it's to me it's the advertising is poor because there's a lot of other really safe things, intrinsically safe things, doubly double grounded, double insulated things. Milwaukee has had double insulated sawzalls for years but they don't go out and say all right let me cut through this 4160 kv you know electrical because this double insulated is going to stop you from getting electrocuted no they just say it's double insulated if you use it properly and you maintain the machine it should protect you from voltage you know from from being electrocuted but they're not going out and cutting through live electrical they're not well, saw stop. They're not doing it like saw stop. Saw stop pushes everybody and their brother here. Take and put this hot dog on a piece of plywood. Okay, that do is, it. Do it. Do it. That is natural selection. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the saw stop itself. The the thing that sets them apart and the reason why they disrupted the market is because of that technology, and that's the only reason the company even exists. So that's why they market to that. And I, from a marketing standpoint, it's genius. But they, like, the fact that, like, the owner is willing to stand behind their product and showed in a demo that it worked. And notice that he didn't, like, run his hand into it. He slowly crept up on it and said, look, it'll work. Remember, you know, keep in, keep in your mind all the normal safety things associated to using a table saw. It's supposed to be a backup system if something were to happen. It's not supposed to be a go out and try it. But it's pushed, and I see a lot of makers pushing it as well, as being the primary reason to even buy a saw stop. It's because it's supposed to be so safe. That's what it was invented for. No, I want I, I want you to say that my machine is pushed that it's a really well-built machine, really amazing table saw, and it comes with this nice bonus feature, not... It's the best. It's the best table saw in the world. Best cabinet saw in the world because it'll keep you from cutting off your finger. That's how it's. Have pushed. you been cut by a table saw? Do what? Have you been cut by a table no, saw? No, because I'm not stupid enough to stick my finger in it. It feels like shit. Pay for a saw stop. People don't purposely use a table saw hoping to get hurt. Like it's an no, accident. No, they don't. It's an so accident. So you could be as smart as possible about it and still end up cutting yourself. Yes. Yes, mine was an accident, and granted, I didn't get hurt. Like I didn't even need stitches. Still, didn't freaking feel good. But like that in itself, I'm like, I could probably start setting some money aside for a saw stop to never have this happen again. Because like 
I it hurt so bad I thought I must have cut my finger off, but I didn't. Like, but um, like the t- like the nerve endings of your fingertip and everything. Like, I could definitely see the benefits of a saw stop. Plus, it has more workable space than my contractor saw. So why would I not work towards having something that's safer and bigger? And safer would be outweighing like the benefits of just it being bigger. When you can't control the people that use your product and how they market it themselves. So if people are marketing it as, you know, the best because it's got the safety feature, that's that person's way of talking about it. But I've seen just as many people talk about how it's actually built well and that there is the safety feature on top of it. Okay. So it just depends on who you happen to watch and who is actually uh, talking about it and how they feel about it. So some people, you also have to remember that some people buy products because of its actual performance. Some people buy products because of the novelty of part of the system. (laughs) And that's what you're running into. Some people only have it because of the safety feature. Some people have it because of the performance first with the safety feature as the backup, which is what I did. And I bought mine used. But, like, it's... It's still one of those things where you you give a product to 15 different people, it's going to be marketed 15 different ways. I'm pretty sure that's what Jeff Mack uses in his shop, and they're full-time with several employees making, you know, producing a ton of goods all the time. Like, obviously it performs well, because he could afford to get Grizzly, Jet, whatever, you know what I mean? But he goes with saw stuff, because you have that added benefit of safety. Yeah. I guess I guess I've been to enough large cabinet shops and like production mills where they're literally taking tree, milling it, kiln drying it, and then turning it into usable product all on site. And I've never seen a saw stop in any of those. Most of the time, I've seen machines that cost like you know like sixty thousand dollars, but I don't see a lot of their employees missing fingers or hands or arms or anything like that. And they're running through more lumber in a day than probably most quote unquote makers do probably in a year. Not a single person is able to ever get away from some kind of accident period. It's true. So just because they haven't had anything happen doesn't mean that something couldn't. And even then, like some somebody could do something one time and have something happen. So it's that's entirely possible but i i wouldn't honestly i would not trust safety from a machine over my own control yeah, that's where we get back to the user that's still part of it use the machine how it's supposed to be used and you should be fine should something go wrong we have an emergency system in place like if you're feeding stuff through it don't put your hands near the blade you'll often see people that don't follow that rule (laughs) many people follow that rule but you also have to remember like some people are putting material on the wrong side and i some of it's i think training they just never had proper training and they never sought it out and they said oh it's just a table saw like i know how to use that i think a large part of your problem is the person and not the machine it is. Probably. You mean the problem is that it's Steven? Well, yeah. 
or it's, the user. It's powered by electricity, <laughs> and that's anti-Steven. So, so immediately Steven's pissed. No, no. If I if I could if I could have a if I could have a cabinet saw that was equal in price to a saw stop, I would probably own a Powermatic. I'm not saying Powermatic's not good. Powermatic or a a used felder or hammer, uh, just because they're a production machine, they're built super super well. Uh, I looked at getting a Grizzly, but honestly, at this point, I wouldn't have one. They're I, I I don't know. I just don't don't like Grizzly now. I mean, there's a lot of machines that are all good for performance. Sawstub just has that one little extra thing, and they charge a fortune for it. Well, what's your hand worth? Yeah, that's less than an ER bill. Your hand's worth a lot, but if safety is the core of your company, you shouldn't sacrifice safety for cost. So make it make it more affordable. If you're going to have a $6,000 cabinet saw, give me the best cabinet saw you can for $6,000 and include that safety for free. I don't I don't think we're ever going to. <sighs> no. You're never going to win me over on Sawstop until Sawstop gets to the point where they don't they don't charge an outrageous amount for it. Okay, performance-wise, it performs just as good as the other ones in its class, and they all cost about the same. Mm. All right, I used yours and I liked it, but I didn't like it as much as using a nice Delta Unisaw. Well, that's personal preference. Sorry. I don't think it hurts his feelings. <laughs> I only bought mine because I knew enough people that had accidents. And I said, I want a saw that performs well, is stable to use, because mine has cast iron wings and it has an extension table. And it has the beefier fence that doesn't move because it's like the Bessemer or Bessemer or whatever you want to call it fence. Yeah. So as soon as you lock it, it is stuck. And I bought it for those features, and it had the bonus that it had the safety brake. And I was like, well, if I wanted the same features in this other saw, or a different brand, it ended up costing just as much, if not more, at the time that I bought mine. Because mine's not like the cabinet enclosed one, it's like the open frame at the bottom. Yeah. So I said, okay, I'll I'll buy this one because... It's within the budget I have at the moment. And I that's why. Like I didn't go out saying I'm going to buy Saul Stop and only Saul Stop. I was looking for one and happened to find that one. Happened to find one. You and your you and your Craigslist, man, you have you made some killer deals on Craigslist. Yeah, but Vegas is awful for Craigslist. Like anything <laughs> I used to be able to buy and sell in South Carolina and get good deals. Vegas is like, oh, you're a woodworker selling this 14-year-old drill, 200 bucks. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, you don't need anything new now. You have just as much. You basically have about everything you need for your shop. The only thing I'm really missing that would be nice to have is a drum sander. Yeah. Because then I can resaw hardwoods, drum sand them to the constant thickness, and then put them in the laser. If you're going to resaw hardwoods and you've already got one reference face... Planer. Put it through the planer. It's, I need it for like 16th of an inch. That's 
that's not happening in uh planar and even eighth is kind of sketchy oh like veneer thickness actually you can you just got to build a jig for it yeah and i as much as i like my planer it's not it again is something that's spinning with blades and safety to me is something that always comes in my mind and i've had too many incidents where like even quarter inch will not want to work well and even if you build a jig and go through all that sometimes it still doesn't work perfectly whereas my friend has a drum sander so i'll just take it to him that will work that will work if you have a friend that owns a drum sander use your friend's drum sander yeah Stephen, you are so against anything we have to say today. Like, whatever we have to say, you have to be opposite. Dear Lord. He's super, yeah. I'm not. I just think a, I just think a, I think a small shop drum sander is a useless piece of equipment. Unless all you're doing is making ingrain cutting boards. He probably doesn't even have an orbital sander. He's like, I hand sand everything with, by Who needs hand. needs an orbital sander whenever you got hand planes? What? You can get that stuff glass smoothly. No, I'm not trying to deny everything y'all have to say today. Just 95%. I just specifically... Really? Because you have for 20 minutes so far. <laughs> oh my. Let's talk router table safety. Let's get him started on that. Yeah. Oh god. All right, do we? All right, Martino, let's... Uh, let's how about you walk into this one? Because you already know how I feel about a specific picture we've all seen i don't have hair so i don't have that issue but no no you have you don't have long hair you're not bald you don't have long hair i don't have unsafe hair but i like it really drives me freaking crazy when i see women or men with long hair wearing it down using a router or a router table actually any tool because do you really want to take the chance of getting your hair caught in that like, take two seconds, pull your hair back, put a hat on to where it contains your hair, something. That's like half a second to keep yourself safe. And then big jewelry, that's a, or blousey clothing. Or long sleeves. Work smarter. Like, oh, when I work in the wintertime, like my hoodies, I make sure I take the strings out because I don't need, you know, like the to cinch up your hood. I don't need those to get caught in anything. That's just stupid. Or tie them in like a little bow tie to stay safe. Like. That's just careless. Well, and then you get people that won't comment on those types of posts where it's like the long hair right next to the router table or like the shirt hanging over the router table. But if your hand gets within one foot of the router table, they have a conniption. Even if you have like a a block, like if you're holding on to like one of the micro jig things, even if you're holding on to that. They're like, oh, your hand's too close. I'm like, what happened with the person that whose shirt was almost touching the blade? Like, come on, people. So you also get, like, the safety police that aren't policing the right safety stuff. <laughs> like, No, it's because the safety police are not noticing any of the unsafe things in these photos because these well-staged photos where there's no dust around, no sawdust, no chips around the router table. Yeah. You know, somebody's dressed the nines. They got on their wedding ring, a flowy blouse, a pair of blue jeans. They got their hair down. They got their makeup on in the shop, which, hey, if you want to wear makeup in the shop, I don't care. If you want to wear nice clothes in the shop, I don't care. You do whatever it is that you want to do. If you get your clothes ruined, that's completely on you. But 
if you want to wear jewelry in the shop, that's a major no-no. That's a, that's a no-no anywhere. Well, because yeah. even if you don't get it caught in rotating equipment, imagine if you get your finger crushed. Uh, gold will, you know, gold will do some serious damage if you crush a ring. Isn't that right, Martina? You've seen that happen once or t- twice. I've had to cut off several rings from people. I've also seen, like, if you're queasy, you might want to fast forward about 30 seconds. Um, I've also seen degloving injuries because of people wearing jewelry when they're working and getting their hands caught on something. So just get a ring or either don't wear your ring in the shop or I'm a huge advocate of the silicone rings because if they get caught on anything, they snap. They also don't burn if they get heated up, which also seen that like in firefighters, like they get hot their wedding rings are on like they melt to you so just it's you know 10 15 bucks on amazon whatever just take that step if you want to wear a wedding ring i have had a silicone band for like six or seven years now so that's because i don't want to lose the skin off my finger i'll be the first to admit that's probably the one thing i do that i shouldn't i notice yours all the time when you post videos yeah so I, I need to start remembering to take mine off. 90, 95% of the stuff I do is on the laser. And then I just forget that I have it on when I go to cut something on the table. Complacency. Saw. And then when I'm done, I'm like, complacency. oh, yeah. Complacency. What does complacency have to do with my ring? You, like, ju- you literally you just forget ju- that you're wearing complacency it. Complacency is forgetting. You forget that you have it on. That's complacency. No, complacency is knowingly going through something and saying, I'm going to be fine. Not a big deal. If I went into it and said, I'm wearing my wedding ring, I'm going to cut on the table saw anyway, that's complacency. Forgetting that it's even there at all is forgetting not complacency you know i gotta give you a hard time it's you are just like hateful today when it comes to anything you're so ornery today i just like to give you a hard time trevor no you're not being complacent you're not being complacent just don't wear your ring in the shop like i said half the time i'm doing laser stuff even 95 percent of the time and then i'm like i gotta cut this down real quick and i just forget that i have it on remember he doesn't use tools don't wear it in the shop to begin with. I mean, you don't need it in the shop, do you? Again, I don't go into the shop with the intent of using the table saw. He doesn't want all those thirsty people reaching out to him on Instagram and sending him messages when he records himself without his ring on. He doesn't need those thirsty people after him. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I probably do need to get the silicone ring uh, they're a game changer. I love them. There we go. We'll we'll all pitch in and we'll pay the, what is it like? They're like twenty bucks. We'll all if pitch that. in. Get everybody give a dollar and and we'll buy Trevor uh, a silicone ring so we won't have to worry about his his fingers. I also use my like actual cutting tools that aren't lasers. What like twice a month right now? Probably, probably, probably. I mean, because most of your stock comes in pre cut. No. Well, that you bought all that plywood and you cut it down in one day for like a month's use. That's what I do is I buy it, I'll buy it in sheets and then I'll cut it all down at one day and be done, which I just did like two weeks ago. I cut down and I have like 36 sheets of MDF that's like 24 by 36 right now. That's pretty good. So it'll last about a month. So I've noticed because I always have my ISO tunes on in the shop, I've noticed that 
my focus changes on whether or not I'm listening to music or I'm listening to a podcast. Because when I'm listening to a podcast, I feel like I'm more focused on what they're saying. And like, I'll start to slack a little bit with my safety. So like, depending on what I'm doing, like if I'm doing table saw stuff, I've started switching it over. So that way it's just like music in the background is like just basically ambient noise. You know what I mean? And then yeah. that way I'm safer. But even like, because we like we film content for our Instagrams, I've noticed as well, like I'm more worried about like, oh, I got to get this, the camera set up and record and blah, blah, blah. And that help, like makes me become a little bit careless. So now I've started realizing that I've gotten careless because of that. And I've stopped like focusing as much on that. And now half the time I forget to hit record on the damn camera when I'm re- doing it. So, but I'm safe. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's something that I think you and I, Trevor, have talked about in the past, but it comes up from time to time. Is like, if you do listen to music and stuff in the shop, you can easily take your focus off of what it is that you're doing or your ambient surroundings because you are focused. Yeah, You're so, you know, you get almost a tunnel vision, which is hard not to do in the shop, especially if you, the rare occasions that I have to use a router, I don't like to use it because it's messy and it's noisy and it's just an awful machine uh is that you know you got to be very very focused when using a router it's super easy to lose control of it and it's pretty dangerous it'll take a chunk out of you i mean it's not i don't think it's going to take off a take off a body part but it'll mess you up in a heartbeat so every once in a while if i'm routering something out you know i'll stop after a few minutes and take a look around just to make sure there's nothing going on around me or behind me because i've been tunnel vision on that one particular task so i can focus on being safe there but the ambient surroundings there could be something unsafe going on i typically turn music off and just keep my ear protection in when i go toward like a router table or a table saw but the other thing that I have now, which I've never had in the past really, is because I'm working out of my garage and I'll go into the driveway and work on stuff. Like I've had random people stop their car in front of my house and start walking toward me while the blade is spinning on whatever I'm doing. See, that's one of the reasons I very rarely have my garage open while I'm working. Well, the only reason I do it is because I don't want all the sawdust flying all over the laser. Well, that yeah, that makes sense. But, like, they, they're they not worried about your safety, you know, so I have to take steps to make sure I'm safe. Well, I started making it so however I set up the router table or the table saw when I'm in the driveway is I have it pointing so I'm looking at the street so mm-hmm. that if I can catch the peripheral vision of somebody heading my way, and then I, as soon as I see somebody or any movement whatsoever, I stop and I look up and I check and see what's going on first. But that unnerved me the first time because it was like all of a sudden somebody was there. It's like, why are you stopping at my house for one? And why are you coming out of nowhere? So one of my sons, he, to tell me that he was in the garage, started flickering the lights because I'd be caught up doing something and I wouldn't see that he was in there. And I was like, you need to stop doing that because that obviously makes me drop everything because I think I lost power and look up. And like, so if I'm using any of the saws, like, don't do that. And he was like, okay, I won't do it anymore. I'm like, you're trying to kill me. (laughs) So yeah, he's like, 
so now he'll just like send me a text message. So eventually like I'll see like if he's leaving or something like that rather than coming out and telling me. I'm like, thank you. I like to stay intact. Or he texts you and says, I'm hungry. No. <laughs> is, there, is there anything to eat in the house? My kids come uh, out there and they're like, Daddy, I'm hungry. I don't see they're too old for that. Yeah, that doesn't happen. But your little girls also are not self sufficient enough to make themselves dinner. Yeah, your kids are yeah, your kids need someone to prep food for them. Mine no. Well no. But like that's well that's part of why if uh I'm cutting something, I make sure that I'm out in the garage so they can't just like up and sneak up on me. Because the further I am away from the door, the harder it is for them to get to me. Because there's stuff just, like, kind of piled in the way. And after I do every cut, I turn around to make sure that nobody's there. Because they are so small, they can't sneak up on you. They may, I know, they have, like, no weight behind them. So, like, when they walk, they have no footstep sounds almost. Yeah. They don't, they, you, they have, yeah. It's, it's basically, like, little ninjas. you look, nobody's there. You turn around, they're in your face. You're like, whoa, where'd you come from? Children of the corn are just like, all of a sudden, they just appear from the shadows. They're sneaky. Sneaky, sneaky. But yeah, when it came to, because I used to only use, like, the palm trim router to do most of the stuff. Like, even, like, the flush trim stuff I've been doing. And once I got the router table and set it up and got uh, a bit that fits the new router... It is so much safer on the router table now. And it's honestly, because if, if I'm doing it, I have my hands far enough away from where the, the bit is. And if you lose control of it, like I have my hands to a point where like I can get out of the way and I'm fine. But if you slip with the palm router, because it's in your hand, it's so much sketchier. Yeah, that's one of the things. I'm like, it would be really, like, I want to do this, but I don't have a router table. There's no way I'm risking it with a trim router. Guess I won't do this. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not going to be the, you know, all high mighty say I've never done anything unsafe. We've all done something unsafe, knowing that it was unsafe. Right. And we're saying, don't do that. But, like, I didn't have any other way to do it at the time. I was like, oh, it'll be fine. And that was one of those, anything could have happened. Yep. And I only would have had myself to blame. Having the router table, like, it's not a cheap investment by any means. Even, like, the tabletop ones that are, like, a few hundred bucks, I think, now, are better than nothing. Yeah. In my opinion. Well, it's because you've got a fixture to hold the tool, and you're holding the material. Right. If, If something goes wrong, you let go of the material, the material gets damaged, it gets screwed up. But if you're holding the tool and just let the tool go, imagine like dropping a router on the floor with it running. That would be, yeah, that would not be fun. I've dropped my sander while it's been on, and then the little thing just goes wild because it's, <laughs> yeah. it's like it's like moving and everything like that. And it's like that's not the worst thing that could happen, but it's like trying. You just have to go to the plug and unplug it because you don't want to try and catch it because a friction burden from a sander sucks. So. Well, and I, for a long time, I kind of thought, well, I, you know, I don't need a router table. And then I was lucky enough to barter with woodpeckers when I did that job and got one. And now I'm like, how did I ever do, a stu- do the stuff that I was doing without 
the router table. Yes. Like the custom frame designs that I flush trim with uh, to the laser templates and stuff. Yeah, I'm pretty jealous of that. Like the fact that you can make those templates. I mean, it has been pretty awesome from the fact that I can make things that I would have taken forever to do before. Yeah, when I did the curve sides for that toy storage thing, I was like, a template right now would be pretty freaking sweet rather than cutting this out with a jigsaw, which is my least favorite tool to use because it like it curves, the blade curves no matter what. Like I can't yeah. get a clean cut with it. So it sucks. Well, see, what I've been doing is I will, I'll cut down all but like an eighth of an inch or something from the pencil line and that with the jigsaw and then i'll go back and flush trim it to the template that way that's what i tried doing i tried one so i could get one really good one and then the next one was able to like flush trim it to the first one that was really good well that's how i used to do it so there is something martina that would actually be safer um cmt orange like the blade company the bit company they actually have a template that's like a writ it's it's like a semi-rigid rubber sort of thing. But you can use it as a one to mark out like curves and things like that. But also, I think you can use it to flush trim as a reference face because it's almost an inch thick. I mean, you don't want to put too much pressure on it because it is, because it. I think, because it being rubberized, you could have a little deflection. But I think you can use that to do a, to a, at least do a flush trim to make a template and then have a rigid material to to do f all your flush trimming off of. So I mean yeah. that's a that's a totally safer option than trying to than trying to flush trim or you know flush cut with a jigsaw. And speaking of being on the jigsaw, you don't work you don't work too much with anything live edge anymore, do you? No. Okay. Because almost everything I do is on the laser yeah anymore. it's on the laser i mean you could do live edge charcuterie boards that are you know that are all just, fancy and lasered up i mean i'll engrave them but honestly there's so many people that bought a laser and then they said i'll customize cutting boards <laughs> the market is so flooded yeah there's actually that company i was showing you in like san francisco or whatever they actually for one of their commercial lasers you can buy cutting perfect little cutting boards that go in a tray and you push the whole tray and it does like half a dozen at one time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what I mean. Like people are yeah. set up to produce them yeah. in large quantities. In large quantities. So, router template stuff. Granted, I have the benefit that I can precision cut it on the laser. Yes. First. You can make a super sweet template that I've told you, you know, you need to make more of, which I mean, I've been doing for these custom one-off like enclosed frame led signs that I've made. And when I first started doing it, it was one of those things where I would use the uh, trim router. But now, because I have the router table and everything, I've also been using painter's tape. And then I'll put the CA glue down and stick the template to the wood that way. Do the old and then uh, when wood I'm whisperer done, trick. Yeah, <laughs> and then when I'm done, I just pry it apart and then I can oh, reuse damn. it again. It's so much nicer. Oh, and she's back, ladies and gentlemen. She is back. You're stupid. Just so everybody knows, Martina has the worst internet in the world when it comes to trying to actually connect with us. Fresno apparently does not have good internet. <laughs> you know what? I have gotten messages of like, 
you didn't talk a lot on this episode. I'm like, yeah, because I dropped the call like five times. Like, <laughs> well, so this, so this is we're gonna leave this in because this is exactly what happens pretty much every week. This is this is uh, this is gonna be unedited. We try to be as professional as possible. And we're not, Brent's not gonna have anything to do this week. Oh, it'll have some. Oh my god. Watch, he's going to try and make it all perfect, though, and then it's not going to have all the glitches and stuff. Yeah. And people, No, no, we got to... Well, just tell Brent. It's like, Brent, just clean it up just a little bit, you know. Which, before we get too far, thank you, Brent, for editing the last few, because it has saved me so much time. Clean cut worth working. Brent is a... Yes, Brent is a baller. I don't know if if he just never sleeps uh, if he just has that much caffeine in his system, I don't know. He's always constantly going and doing something. So shout out to Brent. But we really appreciate it. It's so weird because there's a three hour mm-hmm. time difference and that dude will respond to you whatever time of day. Yeah, he does. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, I don't think he sleeps. He works at night, I think. He does. I think. Uh, so that the time difference is, has no effect on him when he works at night. But it's like, he'll send me messages in the middle of the day. I'm like, why are you awake? Sleep. I would sleep. I've been working 12s in the heat. Sleep. Oh my god, someone give this man a freaking cookie for his 65-hour work week. Oh, <laughs> good lord. No, I just know what it's like to, to just be just dog-tired. It's like, I just want to sleep. I do have to say, I do have to say, like, it must suck for you nine to fivers that like nine to five and then side hustle the woodworking thing. That has to be exhausting because when I worked full time, I only worked three days a week. Granted, it was 48 hours, but like I still had four days off. So it was like I had two full time jobs, but it didn't feel terrible. It's awful. I know. And she froze again because that's what she does. So this is why you guys don't hear Martina a lot. I swear Fresno. I swear Fresno Internet. Yeah. Fresno Internet's killing it. This is why we record a one-hour podcast, and it takes almost two hours to record it. Yep. And she is completely gone again. But anyway. But any hoozles. So there's one thing that I used to be really bad about, safety-wise, and that is wearing a respirator while painting. Hey! One of my favorite things. Or sanding, like, hardcore. One of my favorite things. Like, if I'm doing, like, one pass with... A uh, piece of sandpaper, and I'm doing it by hand. Usually, I'm like, I don't need to wear a mask, which is stupid. But then, if I'm doing like one layer of paint, I'm like, eh, I don't need to wear a mask. That's how I used to be. And then I would end up with some kind of infection and feel miserable for like a week. Mm-hmm. That is when I decided I'm going to wear a mask all the time, regardless of how much I'm sanding or how much I am painting. Welcome back, Martina. Are you going to stay along for the ride this time? It's so, like, the Google Hangouts worked fine and TriCast didn't work, but TriCast gave you a top hat now, so I can't complain. You've got a top nice. hat now? So- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know how we have our little icons? They all look the same for me. Yeah, the other thing is all the, all the icons look the same on my end. They just look like little yellow. They look like little yellow. You nerds. and I have glasses, and Trevor is red with the top hat. I need to see this. You need to send me a screenshot oh, of this. Fancy. Um, hold on. So fancy. God, we're so terribly unprofessional today. You know what? I feel we are always unprofessional. It's just we Brent edits that crap. I feel out. like we Can need that. Is an awesome icon. Is that a top hat or is that a bowler derby? Does oh it my matter? god! Freaking old man! And you said I, I correct people. Yeah. 
I don't know. I just think it's a cool looking hat. I wish I could pull off fancy hats, but I can't. You're so negative against yourself. That drives me crazy. That's just what I do. I don't like it. Bowler Derby. Whatever. Still fun. No, it's definitely cool. I I, I don't have that on my end. All mine are little yellow people with glasses. That's what mine are. There we go. I don't think I've ever seen the one with the little hat before. I haven't either. (laughs) All right. So the listeners are getting all sorts of just yeah, they probably all stopped something. They, yeah, something today. I think we all needed a less formalized. We've episode. had some um, pretty informative past episodes the past couple weeks with a lot of knowledge bombs. So, well, this one's still informative. It's just different. It's like a little more talkative versus educational. This is the unedited version. Hey, someone actually someone actually sent me a message the other day saying I missed you and I missed your salt. Proof or it didn't so, happen. So you know what? I got to come back with it. <laughs> Just don't get carried away. <laughs> Proof or it didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's so pissed. All right, I'll have to find that message. Oh, I love that. I'll have to find that message. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, that look. The look. Of so that. where I get all squinty and I turn my head at you like mm, squish face. Mm. Um. So you're talking about respirators. I caught on to that. Yes, now that I switched to my 3M respirator, my lungs are happier. And I've tried to make a more conscious effort to wear my safety glasses. So I don't I don't really do anything. Other, I mean, when I cut on the table saw, I'll wear mine. Or if I use the router. But I don't wear them when I use the laser because it's fully enclosed. I've tried to just wear them like as regular glasses so that way I always have them on for when I need, it on, need them on versus like... Now it's too late and I already got something in my eye. That makes sense. Well, and sometimes, I'll be honest, even wearing them, sometimes stuff still gets around them. Right, because they're not like 100%, but it's better. Unless you're wearing goggles or something. Yeah, it's still better than nothing, though. But like, I'll sand without glasses sometimes because it's like, oh, I'm just going to hit this real quick. And then you go inside and you look at all the sawdust in your eyelashes and it's like, yeah, I probably should just put on my glasses for that real quick sanding. You probably can't see because you have light eyelashes. Light eyelashes. I don't. don't. Yeah. As dumb as it sounds, though, like I'll sand something with sandpaper by hand and I won't wear safety glasses. And then I'll go to blow off whatever I just sanded. (laughs) And that's when something gets in my eye. It's like it's not when I'm actually doing the work. It's when I'm trying to clean up the work. Yeah. It's all that stupid like I'll just do this real quick. It won't be bad. That's usually when you run into issues. That's exactly where safety fails. Yeah. <laughs> so this is where I think, I think this is where you want me to bring up the the one with the flip flops and not wearing flip flops in the shop, which I do too often, because one day I was what well, I was doing laser work. I went out in there and I said, "Let me kick this jointer real quick." I don't need. No, I didn't kick it. I said. I'm just going to go out there and do laser work. I don't need to wear, you know, the safety shoes. I'll be fine. Because I'm just going to walk out there, going to do it, and I'm going to walk back in. And I walked out there, and I was working on stuff, and I said, oh, I need to get this piece of material. Oh, it's stuck behind the joiner. I'll just move the joiner real fast. And when I moved it, because I had to kind of pull it toward me, and I thought I had moved my feet out of the way, and when I pulled it, it got stuck. I was like, huh, what's it stuck on? And I looked down and it was nothing. And then I pulled again and it released from whatever. It was, I think it was like pebble or something. 
and it went straight into my big toe and ripped the toenail off. That is, oh my god! Which I can't that imagine. was extremely painful, and I will tell you now that I still wear flip flops in the shop. <laughs> I know I called you out on it the other day. Well, it's because so now if I know that I'm going to move something, I will go back inside and I will put them on and then I'll go back out. But if I'm going out there and I'm just putting material in the laser and I cut something and I walk back in, I usually don't. But I will admit that is a complacency thing. We have an extra fridge in the garage. So like to keep extra milk, whatever. Not that I need Vintage to Vintage reserve beers. No, that's on the patio. And beer. Come on. Actually, I do have my vintage reserve beers in that one. That way, no one goes and steals them. Oh, okay. Dude, I have yes. I'll show. I'll send nice. you a video later. No, no, no. It's just you get you guys give me crap for having my bourbon collection, and someone breaks out vintage reserve beers. I didn't give you crap for your bourbon thing. I, I you thought you said bourbon. you drank the four bottles in two weeks, so that's what I was concerned about. Not that you purchased four bottles. <laughs> oh, no. If I drank four bottles in two weeks, I would be dead. That's why I was like, do we need to send help? But No. No, 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 no. I just so, no. I found them while traveling. No, that's... Like, but... I mean, for cheap. They had like a $12 price. No, I'm like, 12 fine. bucks. Try it. Um. So anyway, like, that... Even if I have to go, like, get a gallon of milk out of there, I very rarely even want to go in my flip-flops to just do that because you have to work around all my machinery or the project I'm building to get there. So it's like, I'll be the one to go out there and get the re- the restock of whatever because, like, I know where everything is and what can be moved versus, like, anyone else in the family going out there and getting it and something happening to them. Yeah, I'll be the first to admit that is the one spot I've become complacent. It's usually because I have five minutes to do something and it's because I need to run out there, do it and get back in so I can finish making dinner or something. And I'm like, putting the shoes on is going to take a minute and a half of that. I need to just go do it. And that's where I'm usually, it'll be fine because it'll just be two minutes. Steven doesn't understand because he's never worn flip-flops in his life. That's why he's so bothered by all of this. No, no, I'm so bothered by it because... These things right here are literally what you're saying. Like, it's it's basically every time I've heard a safety like incident report, it's like, oh, I was it was it was it's like a five minute thing. I was just gonna do it real quick. I was gonna do it real quick. Did I just not admit that that was complacent and that shouldn't be done? Yes. I just said I still did it. Just leave your daggum shoes on. How hard is that? No. Oh, I don't want to. If I don't have to, I don't want to leave my shoes on. Dude, if I've been in the house for two hours, I'm not wearing my... I love... All right, buy better boots. Buy better boots. Simple as that. I do have decent boots, but I mean, if I don't have to wear shoes, I'm not going to be in shoes. They're feet prisons. Californians. <laughs> California. Feet prisons. I did laugh because yesterday I went to run errands and it was like 60 degrees and I was in flip-flop shorts and then a hoodie and I was like, Steven, be so pissed right now. So <laughs> That's funny because... I, dr- I drove to the grocery store, what was it, two days ago? And I was in shorts and a t-shirt and flip-flops. Yeah. I thought the same thing. No, I've gone out every night in shorts and flip-flops and a t-shirt because it's been in the 90s here. Nothing wrong with that. It's just in the shop, flip-flops are not the place. Crocs Cro- who's- are not the place in the shop. Talk to your boy about that. I know. I Talk know. I'm waiting. For, I'm waiting for Ryan to lose a friggin' toe one day. Scan Woodworks or... But yeah, he's always Ryan in Crocs. Gatsman, Gatsman. 
Oh, he he has camouflage Crocs and he loves them yeah. bad boys. Oh god, I no way would I ever. I'm not a Croc. I'm, I swear he's gonna lose a toe one day, but you know what? He's gonna lose a toe in a, in a glorious fashion, and it's just gonna blow up on Instagram. He'll probably carterize it himself though if he probably. does. Oh, he's just gonna go over the wood stove and just like. You there know. you go. That's 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 my man Ryan. He's uh, has a character. He's a beast. But I will say, even though we're trying to point out things you should do in the shop. We're not perfect. We've all done stupid things. So we're not going to be here like all high and mighty and act like we've never had a shop safety issue. I mean, I put an inch and a half chisel through my pointer finger. So you're not perfect either. <laughs> no, I mean... I sh- oh, yeah, exactly. He just now pointed something out. Because he's been preaching that he is this whole episode. I have not <laughs> preached that I'm perfect. Yeah. I have not preached that I'm perfect. Because he knows we're wrapping up, so he's like, oh, I'll let it out that I make mistakes too. He's like, yeah, we've had listeners drop off by now. I can finally <laughs> let out the secret. Go ahead. Go ahead. Y'all are killing me. See? No, I'm just saying these are things that can happen. I didn't think it would happen to me. Hand tools are supposed to be safer. Safer in general. But you know what? When they're real sharp, they go through they go through skin quick. I don't know. I'd argue that sometimes hand tools are just as unsafe. If you use them improperly? I can imagine, though, because your, your blades are so sharp in your hand tools. I bet it could do some damage. My chisels are dull as hell, and I just use them like to, like... Like, if they're properly sharp, they can cut you really fast really yeah. easily and you will not notice oh, right away I, I could probably t- i could probably take off a whole finger well that's the thing like it's the way they cut you because it's so sharp you don't notice it immediately it like takes a second mm-hmm. and that's the scary part about that kind of stuff yeah the thing is is you need to have that respect though have that respect the tool is sharp the thing is sharp tools will not hurt you as quickly as a dull tool will because a sharp tool, you shouldn't have to put that much effort into. Well, let's let's face it. If I mean that's the truth. If you have a shop and you work in your shop, that's the truth. Something about your shop is probably unsafe. <laughs> like, let's be honest. Cords. cords yep. Cords on the cords ground. Cords are worse. I need to need to get a rail and mount it up high because there's. I'm always if there's something on the ground, I'm going to kick it or I'm going to step on it. Yep. Doesn't matter what it I've is. I've been pretty good about tucking my cords in behind whatever I'm doing. And then that way it's not, like, in the way. Yeah, like, table saw for sure. Gotta make mm-hmm. sure that's out of the way, or else I'm gonna freaking step on that, and, you know, that's gonna be a disaster. Put my table saw in the driveway when I work on it, so the cord comes out to the left. And when I'm working with the table saw, I make sure that I always walk around the opposite side that doesn't have the cord. Right. But there are people that will walk right over the cord, thinking that, eh, I'll just walk over the cord. No, for sure. If I'm going to walk over the cord, I'm going to put my boot under it and then take the cord with me. So, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but never fails. Well, this was an interesting episode. It was. I don't even I, know I what time we're at because I've reset myself so many minutes. times. Okay, because it says minutes. I've been recording for twelve. I know. <laughs> all right, so all right, let's each let's each think of one like one good thing to like leave with. Oh like, wait, 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 wait. I know Trevor mentioned this last episode, and I will. St- I want to restate it. Do not set your CNC and walk and leave the area that it's being used yes. in. Truth, because maybe someone missed last week's episode, and they're going to hear this one. There are literally videos on YouTube about shops catching fire because their CNC was unintended. Don't be a, don't be stupid. It's still a machine. It's still a piece of equipment. 
at least be in the shop with it. You can still do something else. But like how Chris was saying, he can hear it make its noise and he knows what's normal and what's not normal. That's keep your audio level of your headphones to where you can still hear it do its thing. Well, and don't walk away from a laser like that either. And it will not typically have a noise change. Oh, I bet. Yeah. So that one you do have to check in on more periodic or have a camera on it. Like he said, set up a camera. Mm-hmm that's looking at it and that's fine too that's what i've been looking at for getting for my cnc for me that's honestly one of the biggest things that i encounter is make sure that you're monitoring it make sure that you have any systems that have to be on on so in my case that's an exhaust system and an air assist system to help reduce the possibility of flame up and then some even require like a water cooling loop both CNCs and certain lasers need that. And if you don't remember to turn that on, overheating issues, which will cause more problems. So definitely make sure that you are paying attention to what you're doing and not just walk away. Like that is the worst thing you can do if you're letting a tool run itself. It's You wouldn't turn your table saw on and then go inside and Correct. eat. Don't turn your CNC on and go inside and forget that it's on. Like it's one thing if you walk inside to go to the bathroom and you walk back out because it's been like an hour long job. Okay, like I get that. Still walk back outside mm-hmm. or have the camera on so you could at least or like. Or I'll leave the door open so I can hear it running because like take my headphones off and hear it while I'm well, inside again, because I'll a, hear it change. The CNC has that but, tonal change. Yeah. I don't have a laser. But yeah. So Stephen, okay. what's your uh, your thing that you want to leave? Something with? I saw earlier this week: chemical safety. It's something that you know in the shop. I mean, everyone knows. You know, if you use boiled linseed oil or some sort of oil finish on your rags, don't wad up your rags and throw them in the trash. Things like that. I'm gonna bring up something that people probably don't do a lot with, but in case you do use chemicals in your shop, if you use acid to strip or etch or anything like that. Always add acid to water. Don't add water to acid because if you if they are not if they don't react well, there's a lot more acid to react with than there is water. So if you add just if you slowly add acid to water, the reaction is going to be very small. If you add a bunch of water to acid, that can go bad real quick, real sideways, and can hurt you pretty easily. One thing I do want to bring up is. Using CA glue and accelerators and not wearing like a respirator or gloves yes, or whatnot because they are technically hazardous materials and I don't think people realize that. And it's usually like the accelerator that'll have it on the label that it's known by the state of California to possibly cause cancer. And I'll be the first to admit that up until like a week or two ago, I didn't read it and I just used it but then you start smelling the fumes and you're like something is weird and then i read the label and then is when i started wearing my respirator while (laughs) using it you also use a ton more ca glue at a time than i do because i'm like well i'm definitely don't together a whole sign yeah because i use it just to like fill in a crack real quick and that's it if that's it then that's not a big deal but when you're spending 15 minutes gluing piece after piece after piece it gets to you real fast well the accelerator definitely like smells like you're 
spraying straight acetone. Yeah. So well, it's that's basically strong. what it it's is. It's a solvent. Yeah. And the thing is, it's not just it's not just releasing fumes. It's also releasing heat. Yeah, and that's where um, it's it's meant to be in cold storage too. So if you're storing your glue out in like hot, like the garage, technically that's like the worst place to put it. Either keep it at room temperature in your house or you, according to Starbond, the longest shelf life with their glue is by actually sticking it in the refrigerator. Hey, I have one of those out in the shop. So they, they suggest that you stick it in the refrigerator, obviously one that your children aren't going to get into and keep it in there because it'll prolong the shelf life even longer yes food for thought on that one which was new to me but i i wanted to bring it up because i use a lot of it and i don't think people think about that one yeah i think wood turners are sometimes don't realize how much they use they use a lot and they coat it like 10 times yes so yes because it's that's a, another it, one CA glue as a wood finish as opposed to just a stick stuck together glue. Yeah. And I, like I said, I, until recently, I hadn't thought about it. And then I would start getting like weird headaches after using it a lot at one time. And that's when I read all the labels, which I should have read from day one. And now I wear a respirator when I glue up. So food for thought. Mm-hmm. Safety first. Safety first. And we're not perfect. We obviously learn from... We've all had our accidents. Our own issues. We've had the most random episode ever. We have. I don't think so. More random than normal. How about that? More random than we've had in a while, there for sure. Go. But I think this is also the first time all three of us have been on in a while with like a casual kind of topic. So. Also true. Very true. Very, very true. Enjoy your weekend, guys. I gotta go help someone move. Ooh. Oh, have fun. Yeah. <laughs> hey, shop safe or... or back safety remember wear your steel toed boots while moving stuff all the time it makes a big difference lift with your legs lift with your legs oh with my legs well yeah i'm not getting workman's comp if i'm helping a friend so don't lift with my back yeah definitely don't lift with your back (laughs) (laughs) all right all right right. talk to you guys thank you for listening to today's show as a continued listener we greatly appreciate your feedback your input and just downloading the episode every week if you're a new listener Thank you for hopping on, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And we also hope that you continue to join along with us every week as we'll put out new podcasts covering all sorts of maker topics. Also, be sure to check out MakerVisionPodcast.com, where we'll post valuable resources, tips, tricks, and maker swag, including stickers, because, you know, makers love stickers. And we'll do this to help your maker vision become a maker reality. If you have any questions, suggestions, or any general input about this particular episode or previous episodes, you can reach out to our podcast email at makervisionpodcast at gmail.com, or you can reach us on our Instagram, and that's makervisionpodcast. Even better, you can reach out to us directly through my personal Instagram, that is Old South Woodcraft, Trevor's personal Instagram, Maker Experiment. And the personal Instagram of our newest co-host, Martina, at Naughty by Nature Designs. She also runs the Maker Vision Podcast Instagram account. So if you have questions, you can reach out to her either way, and she'll be happy to help. Also, if you really enjoyed today's episode, or even if you didn't enjoy, enjoy today's episode, let us know. Give us a review. Hopefully it's a five-star review to show us that, hey, we've been doing good. 
But if you didn't, tell us what you didn't like about it, because we're happy to hear from you either way. And once again, thank you for being a listener, and we hope to see you next week. 